This is Lightning Power Lunch, Stanley Cup Playoffs Edition, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Eldon Palato, right point. Find the net, Kudrow, five to go. Kudrow, put it in front! Score! Score! Ross Colton with .9 seconds left! Incredible! 2-1 <laughs> <Two on> Lightning! <laughs> Kucherov magic! Yeah, once it got rimmed down, I saw it on a stick. I think my eyes lit up a little bit because I knew that it was coming to me. And, uh, you know, I just knew that there wasn't, uh, you know, a lot of room. I just tried to put it on the short side there. Um, luckily, it, you know, squeaked under the bar. But uh, like I said before, I just, you know, couldn't believe that he got it on my stick. I think when we went in the corner, I just said, like, are you kidding me? Like 10 times because I, I honestly couldn't believe that he put it on my stick. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it all season long. I just shake my head and laugh. And he did it again tonight. I mean, those are those are plays that uh, not too many guys can can see or do or or make. Uh, you know, guys want to do it, but they can't make that play. And, but he can, and um, now he just continues to amaze. I think we just need to have Phil Esposito's laugh looped, <laughs> maybe throughout Amelie Arena the next two games. What do we think? That that's getting more feedback off of anything after the Lightning come away with a 2-1 win last night. 3.8 seconds to be exact. Cooch finding Colton. They had to put a couple extra seconds on mm-hmm. after that goal was scored. But One of the many changes Ooh. that have taken place. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Statistically. <laughs> you look at NHL.com and that thing's oh going to change gosh. every 10 minutes. They had blocked shots was way off. I mean, it was just yeah. ridiculous. But Dave... Not that this is the most important takeaway no. from last night, but just to tell you, because we yeah, had yeah. this... When the Lightning beat the Panthers 8-4 late in the regular season. Remember I was talking about like they keep changing the shots and other stats are getting changed. They had Nick Paul shorthanded goals unassisted. And look, at the end of the day, I think they got all this stuff right. The Lightning finished last night's game with 24 block shots. But it was like the bouncing ball on those cartoons when I was a kid. right? Right. Following the words along while you were singing. It was like, goodness gracious, can you settle on a number, please? So we're on the bus on the way to the airport, and Brian Burns, who's now kind of in the PR wing, right, has the the game sheets. I shouldn't even say the final game sheets. He had a final game sheet. He hands it to me, and I looked at it, and I had already noticed that the sheet in my hand, the shot totals for both teams had already been changed. And I know that Bernsey puts out some statistical material after the game. I called him back. I'm like, just so you know, this sheet is not up to date. So he thanked me. He revised it. And on the stuff he sent out was what it had been changed to. But between that time and this morning, they changed it again. So Vasilevsky went from, I think, 34 saves to 36 saves, and now he finishes with 35 saves. And what were the block shots? Because they had to have been more than 12, which is what NHL.com had after the oh, game. Oh, I didn't see I, that. I saw 22 after the game, but as yeah. of this morning's <laughs> kind of stat sheet, it's at 24. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. How do they go back and find all the I stuff they missed, too? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's more work. To me, that's We shouldn't have work. even spent two minutes on that's that. Okay. But you mentioned, you mentioned the changing of the clock. Which somebody didn't have. Somebody had a slow trigger finger there because they well, got it to the right time. It was three point eight seconds. Well, they the just let the in. time expire. I mean, it was just awful. I mean, you could see it, you know, going back and looking at it on the screen on the, on the TV, and it was just. I don't know how bad you can be for that to happen, but it is, and it it does happen. And 
here as we are. It doesn't take the fact that the Lightning, I think Partner had one of the more impressive slash memorable finishes to a playoff game in Lightning history. And John Cooper rattled off a couple post game. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, uh, or he mentioned the one with Tyler Johnson, you know, a few years back against the Canadians. And certainly that's right up there. I We, we have a, a couple of questions on our show Twitter page at Bolts Radio. Where does this win rank in Lightning playoff history? And does Florida come back from down 0-2? I think those are two fun questions to debate, in addition to some other things we're going to get into. I think last night's play that Kucherov makes to Colton illustrates again that Kucherov for as elite he is as a shooter, I don't know if there is a better playmaker in the National Hockey League. He would rather make a great pass than mm-hmm. shoot, I think. And I think last night is probably a perfect example of how good Kucherov is when it comes to playmaking. And I think it also speaks to the Florida Panthers panicked late in that game. There was no reason you had this conversation with Phil Esposito and Phil's explanation was why did Uyghur leave the front of the net to go behind the net? And Phil said something to the extent maybe that's how the game is played today. Maybe that's what they're taught. If that's what they're being taught, they're being taught incorrectly. That was an atrocious play by the Florida Panthers late in the game. You cannot leave the front of your net vacant when Kucherov is behind the net. He's not going to score from there. For as good as he is, he's not going to score from behind the net. He was looking to pass. He made a great pass. And maybe the percentages of him connecting on that play are low. But Kucherov, as we've seen over the years, Dave, he can make some of those passes. Mm-hmm. Uyghur's got to be better. He's got to be better. And the margin of error is small when you're talking about a playoff win going against these two teams when they go head-to-head. And he made a bad play, and it cost his team. And also, too, on that game-winning goal, give credit to Andre Pilat. But the Panthers didn't get the puck out. And I tell you right now, if the Lightning were in that position, Dave, we would be talking about the Lightning not being able to get the puck out and live to yeah. fight another day. They didn't do it. It cost them. And you know what? This is a difference between a team who's won championships and a team who's trying to win a championship. And there is a stark difference between the two franchises. And the Lightning know how to win. The Panthers are still trying to figure that out. And that's why, in part, the Lightning are up 2-0 in this best of seven. Good luck trying to beat them four out of the next five. So the one thing I'll say about the Uyghur play is if Trevor Zegers is behind the net, maybe you're... Spidey sense <laughs> goes off and you're like, uh-oh, is he going to do the Michigan and put it on his stick and, and whip it in? Maybe Kucherov has that in his arsenal. We've never seen it from him. But that's about the only way that you see a guy get the puck behind the net and score from there without actually skating out to the front of the net. I mean, the goalie, you have to have faith the goalie has the post cover. It's not going to get banked in off of him. And I don't know whether Uyghur panicked or what. But it was it was a very significant mistake because Colton scored the goal from a spot where Uyghur had been. Uyghur left the spot where Colton ended up and shot it in. So, look, we could probably spend a good part of the show breaking down that play. And there were so many parts of it on the Lightning side that were impressive from the high-end skill at the end of the play, the pass from Kucherov, 
and the finish from Colton, which was no easy finish. I mean, Bobrovsky's not ready for the shot, but his body is there. I mean, it's possible Colton could have shot it right into him, right? Mm-hmm. He one-timed it into the top of the net. There was no way Bobrovsky was going to be able to stop that. The other part of that that amazes me is that, yeah, Kucherov took a look, but when he actually executes the pass, he's not looking. He's looking at the glass, right? But did you see how he made the pass? It was a one-time pass on his backhand. Yeah. The puck is getting rimmed along the boards. Like, I've watched it a couple of times. I'm like, how did he get the puck on his backhand cleanly? He didn't stop it, right? The puck is moving. And he basically redirects it with the back of his stick right to Colton in front. I mean, the skill involved in in just executing a pass like that is mind-boggling. So the end of the play featured an incredible pass, both in terms of kind of reading where to go with it and the execution of the pass from Kucherov and a no-doubt finish from Colton that was far from a slam dunk in that like he had to put it where he put it, and he did. But you mentioned the play from Palat. It was the board work in the seconds before the goal was scored and the play was made that allowed the goal to be scored. Because you're right, had the Panthers been able to clear the zone, the third period would have ended. I mean, Dave, we, teams... you would agree with me. We would be not, I don't want to say killing the Lightning for not getting that puck out, yeah. but no doubt you guys would have brought it up on the broadcast. You would have brought it up on the post game. I would have talked about it with Chief, and it should have been prominently talked about on the last call and on this show. Yeah, you the two have mistakes... to get the puck out. The two mistakes were they didn't get the puck out, and then Uyghur left the front of the net. Absolutely. So, look, if Uyghur stays where he is, maybe he blocks that pass and no damage is done, and they get out of the pickle that they got into by not clearing the zone. But let's give credit to the Lightning, because even though time was winding down in the period, they battled to hold the puck in. For sure. It was like the clock didn't matter. No doubt. And, you know, Chief had a point, which is a good one, The Lightning gave up two goals to Toronto in Game 6 in the final minute of the second period, including one in the final seconds when the play started with a face-off in the Tampa Bay offensive zone. Was that Tavares? And maybe that that was... Yeah. And maybe that was a reminder. Well, he scored both in the final minute, but but the one that made it 3-2 to came with whatever it was, less than 10 seconds left. And the, the Maple Leafs moved the puck... Essentially 200 feet, right? Like they won the draw. It came out maybe 195 feet because it it went into the net. It didn't go all the way to the end wall. And maybe that was as good a reminder as the Lightning could have gotten to play to the horn, right? And whether they were more concerned about not letting the puck get out because they didn't want the Panthers to try and have a potential counter chance after what had happened to them in that Toronto series, or they worked hard to hold it in to try and get a scoring chance themselves. Whatever the reason, their battle level on that shift was extremely high. And it was Jan Ruda pinching. It was Kucherov getting involved along the boards before he went behind the net. And it was Palat providing support at the blue line for Ruda. And he held it in. And he got it deep. I don't know that Palat is actually trying to pass to Kucherov there. Nobody asked him because he didn't do post-game media. But... You know, he got the puck with what, maybe eight seconds left? He's probably thinking, I just want to get this thing deep 
get it away from the blue line. Let's get it behind the net. And that was when Kucherov had a lane to the to the puck and, and got to the spot first to be able to make the pass to Colton. So it was high skill at the end, but it was hard work at the beginning. The beginning being like four to five to six seconds before the goal was scored. If you would have told me before this series started that the Tampa Bay Lightning would give up two goals through the first two games, I wouldn't have believed you. I would not have believed you. They are showing elite team defense. And Dave, we've seen this over the last two years. When the Lightning get to the playoffs and they're focused and they want to shut it down, yeah, the other team's going to have some pushback. We've talked about this. But how about the amount of shots they did block? We talked about that right at the beginning of the show. They're back-checking something Chief and I were talking about during the postgame. Vassy is, I don't think, giving up really anything after the initial shot. Their penalty kill has been fantastic through two games. We are seeing some defense get raised to another level. The Panthers right now through two games, Dave, don't have an answer. It may change. It may. They're very talented on the other side. We keep saying that. But for the most part, I think the numbers would bear that out. And I don't want to hear analytics from anybody today. I don't want to hear about <laughs> Well, the analytics shots. are probably, if they're favorable to Florida, I am more willing to accept that Florida had some dominant stretches last night. But I haven't heard them. Proceed. Go ahead. You can be dominant through stretches. It's what do you – Dave, how, about, how often do we talk about this? What do you do with it? What do you do with your momentum swings? Where's Barkov? Where's Huberto? Where's Verhage? Dave, where's Aaron Ekblad? I mean, it's nice to get depth scoring. It really is. Lightning have had that two plus years. Where are their stars? You can give me all the chances you want, and you can write, and I'll, I'll, everybody out there that wants to give me some analytics, keep throwing it my way. I'm probably not going to read it. Where are they showing up on the score sheet? Because the Lightning at this point right now, again, I'm going to go back to this. The Panthers now have to win four out of the next five games. Ask yourself this question. Do you think that's going to happen? Not it can. Do you think it's going to happen with the way this team is dialed in right now? And that is something I think a lot of people need to start pondering as we get set for Game 3 Sunday afternoon. A lot can happen. I acknowledge that. I don't think anybody anticipated the Lightning going on the road, Dave, without Braden Point holding the Panthers to two total goals, going 7-for-7 seven seven on the PK, and coming away with two wins. I just don't. I don't believe anybody thought that before the series started. And I don't blame you. But the Lightning did. And I think that was a big-time punch to the face to the Panthers. I think they're shell-shocked. I really do. I, I would anticipate, Dave, a response in some capacity. But the Florida Panthers tried to respond early last night, coming out, trying to hit everything that moved. And it wasn't enough. And I think it speaks to where the Lightning are as a team. They can play any way you want. You want to come out and start hitting us? Okay, that's fine. 
We'll kind of just hang around. We'll play good team defense. You'll get some good shots. But when they have to make a play, they do. And in game two, that's exactly what happened. I, To me, when I look at this Panthers team right now, uh, some soul-searching, no doubt. They're going to regroup. I would anticipate their best game of the year on Sunday because they have to. But I think you can make a very strong argument that that game two was a must-win game for the Panthers. They wouldn't come out and say it. I'm going to get into some statistics of why that was <laughs> the case. But boy, oh boy, I, I think that's a major blow they just took from a heavyweight champion who knows how to close out series. And this is not what the Florida Panthers, Dave, expected. Well, I want to get into the particulars of game two because I think they differed in many ways from game one. But I will say this about kind of the Panthers' prospects, at least in game three. I mean, I'm not a big fortune teller as you know and and I don't know how to answer the question do I think the Panthers can win four the next five I think they're looking at the next game and trying to get the next game so I'll say these two things kind of looking historically at at some examples involving the lightning and one involving the Panthers too and then I'll get into what I saw last night so in last year's series the lightning won the first two games on the road, and let's not forget the Panthers did win game three at Amelie Arena. That was the game that Ryan Lomberg won for the Panthers scoring in overtime. And the Panthers did a lot of good things offensively in game four, which to me was one of the most incredible Vasilevsky performances in the series and in the playoffs last year. The Lightning won game four, six to two. So people might be saying, what on earth are you talking about? It was a blowout win for the Lightning. I think the Panthers might have had 25 scoring chances in that game. That was a game where they got a lot of power plays too, if memory serves. There were a couple of calls. I think there was a, a weird goalie interference penalty called on the Lightning. That was one of the two the Lightning had called against them in the playoffs last year. I think Kucherov was shoved into the goalie and Panthers got a power play and they spent basically the entire second period on the power play. Vasilevsky was was incredible in that game or else that game would have been closer and who knows maybe the Panthers win it so I'm I'm fairly confident Greg that the Panthers are drawing on that like hey we did go into Tampa and win game three last year we can do it again and if it's 2-1 it's a new series and there's some truth to that the other thing I will say is those games that John Cooper referenced the buzzer beater wins the Lightning have had that the goals broke a tie in the final 10 seconds of the third period in a playoff game. Tyler Johnson in 2015, game three against Montreal, 2-1 Lightning. Nikita Kucherov, game two against the Islanders in the 2020 bubble, Eastern Conference final, 2-1 Lightning. You know what happened in the next game? The team that took the gut punch won. Now, the Canadians... And Lighting had a back-to-back. -back. It was kind of similar to what we have this year in that games three and four were back-to-back. -back. And the Canadians had less than 24 hours to regroup. They were down 3-0 in the series, and they came back and blew out the Lightning in game four. Now, the Lightning ended up winning the series, but the Canadians showed metal and an ability to bounce back. And in that Islanders series, the Islanders did win game three. That was not a back-to-back -back situation. I think it was an every-other-day situation. And the Lightning 
and Islanders ended up splitting the next four, including game three. They split the next four, but the Lightning had gone up 2-0 in the series, so they won it four games to two. So in the two other buzzer-beater wins for the Lightning, the opponent did come back and win the next game, which is to say I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday afternoon, and this is different in that the Panthers are going to have two days to kind of stew on this, and and you might wonder, is it almost better to have it like Montreal where you get to come right back less than 24 hours later, or is it better to like get ticked off even more about what happened and build up that anger, frustration, whatever, and then and then get ready to go on Sunday afternoon. I guess we're going to wait and see. So I guess I would put I would tap the brakes a little bit on like, do we think the Panthers can come back and win? Notion that you made that no, they can't. I don't know. Uh, we're going to find out. That's why they play the games. Game one for regular listeners to our show. They know how we broke down game one. Game one, I did not think, was the Panthers' best showing in terms of what they can do offensively. They were flat. They were a little off kilter, but so were the Lightning until Kucherov kind of took over game one, late second. And both in terms of their urgency level, their physicality, and their execution the Panthers brought a way higher level last night in game two. They were they were looking much more like the Panthers. And if you recall, Greg, what I said in between games one and two was, I thought if the Panthers brought a higher level, the Lightning were going to have to find a higher level themselves defensively. And they did it. They did it. They met that challenge. And as a result... When the Panthers surged, and I thought there were two significant momentum surges the Panthers had in Game 2 last night. The Lightning navigated their way through those surges and found a way to push back, which, if you recall, was maybe their biggest problem early in the Toronto series. When Toronto got momentum, the Lightning looked flummoxed. They took a lot of damage. The Leafs scored a lot of goals, and if the Lightning were going to kind of push back, by the time they pushed back, they were way down in the game. And what I said was, if you're going to have success in the playoffs, when momentum is going against you within a game, you have to find a way to turn the faucet off. Not easy, but that's a key part of winning in the playoffs. And that's exactly what the Lightning were able to do last night. So the first surge happened right at the beginning of the game. And you knew when Andrew Burnett started his fourth line, Luos Dorinen is is more of a skill player, and he scored their goal last night. But certainly Hornquist and Lomberg are out there looking to hit anything in a white jersey. And they did that on the opening shift. And the Panthers fed off of that. This was one of the stat changes. It started, Panthers had the first four shots in the game because that's what the shot on goal clock showed before the Lightning got their first shot. They've added a couple, which I think is is probably accurate. The Panthers really tilted the ice in the first six to six and a half minutes of the game. And Vasilevsky stopped all six shots. And several of those were fairly dangerous. So the Lightning got through that early push by the Panthers. And then what happened? How were they able to kind of start to turn the faucet off? 
One way you can turn the faucet off is by getting a scoring chance yourself. And we saw Kucherov, because the Lightning dressed 11 forwards, had a shift with Pat Maroon. And what happened was the Panthers were, I don't know, so enthusiastic about going for hits and pressing the attack. Guda stepped up on Kucherov, and Kucherov got around him at the Lightning blue line. Now the Panthers are a little bit in scramble mode, and somebody else comes over for Florida to close on Kucherov, that he slips it forward, and Maroon has a two-on-one. Bobrovsky made a good save. But that's the sort of play that could slow down the other team. It wasn't long after that Sorelli got in the clear, and Bobrovsky made a good save on him. But now it's two chances the Lightning have had. Shortly thereafter, Montour takes a penalty. What happens on the Lightning power play? Corey Perry goal. Momentum gone for the Panthers. So it was almost like the Lightning weathered the storm, kind of hung in there, had a chance to make a couple of plays. They didn't lead to goals, but it helped slow the other side's momentum. And then a penalty led to a power play chance, which led to a power play goal, and the Panthers' momentum was gone. So the Lightning take a one nothing lead into the locker room. The Lightning have had problems in second periods in some of their games in the playoffs this year, and I think last night was another one where they didn't manage the period maybe as well as they could have. They were shorthanded twice in the first 11 minutes, I think, of the period. They had an icing right after one of the kills had ended, so they had a tough shift in the D zone. So the Panthers had a fair number of shots in the second period. They finished with 16, but... I'm not sure that they were as dangerous in that second period as they were at the start of the game until they got the goal. So Lewosterinen scores on a shot that seemed to nick off Chernak. So it changed directions, went up on Vasilevsky. He got almost all of it, but not all of it. It dropped down behind him and went in the net. That was late second with 153 left in the period. And that was the jump start the Panthers were looking for. Now they're enthused. Kucherov takes a penalty shortly thereafter, and the Panthers go on the power play. They had been 0 for 2 in the power play earlier in the game, those two power play chances earlier in the period. But the one they had at the end of the second was very dangerous. And they had three shots on net in the final 10 seconds of the period. The one was Duclair, where Vassy makes a toe save, and then Barkov and Reinhardt had two other opportunities. So the Lightning get out of the period 1-1, but the Panthers have momentum back. And they carry that into the start of the third. They began the third period with the power play. They didn't score on it, but they ended up having six of the first seven shots in the period. The one Lightning shot was Nick Paul shooting the puck down the ice in the penalty kill that happened to go on net. They gave the Lightning a shot there. And I thought Vasilevsky might have done his best work early in the third to keep it 1-1. He made a save on Duclair. He made back-to-back saves on Bennett. I remember one of them right in the slot. Great save. And similar to the first period, the Lightning weathered the storm. And it took them a while, but eventually they got their opportunity, and they got their opportunity when the Panthers took a bench minor for too many men on the ice. Just over eight minutes, just shy of nine minutes into the period. And the Lightning didn't score in that power play, but that was the power play in which Bobrovsky made a great save on Stamkos on a Kucherov seam pass. 
And that completely changed the complexion of the third period. The Panthers had those six shots, six of the first seven of the period. They did not have another shot on net until they got their late power play. That's how much the Lightning took over the game in terms of possession, alleviating pressure in their own end. Oh, two examples, too. Greg. A lot had this, that one time or two. Yeah, and they know? had another chance too. Yeah. So you're right. Bobrovsky made good saves yeah, in, the, in the third good. period. But my point is that not as big as the Kucherov to Colton play. That was the biggest play in the game. But if you look at kind of the roadmap the Lightning used to put themselves in a position to win the game late, when the Panthers surged, the Lightning handled the two surges. That cannot be overstated. They got through them with no damage done, and they ended the surges. A couple of penalties on Florida helped, one in the first, one in the third. But the Lightning were able to reverse momentum and take the game to the Panthers. So in the third period, when the Lightning took the game to the Panthers, Bobrovsky made saves to keep it 1-1, and then the Lightning get that late penalty with three minutes and 23 seconds left. The Panthers at that point had been still, but at that point, oh for the playoffs on the power play. But what a big moment that could have been for them if they score there. The power play drought is over. Maybe it wins them the game. Who knows where their power play goes from there? What a jolt of confidence that would have been. And they had the puck in the lightning end for the first 90 seconds of that power play. The lightning could not get the puck out. And that is hard in the penalty killers. The same four guys were stuck out there. But Vassy makes three saves, and eventually Nick Paul has a chance to get it down the ice, and he does. Lightning kill off the penalty. There was one final shot, I think, from Reinhardt right after the power play ended. It was a good save for Vasilevsky. And that was all the Panthers would, would manage in terms of shots. Now, we were late in the game at that point. So that set the stage for for the heroics at the end of the game. But to me, the sacrifice of the shot blocking was part of it. Special teams again, Lightning got a power play goal and went four for four in the penalty kill. But we knew the Panthers were going to come out with, with more jump and more snarl and more pace. And they did. So why weren't they rewarded? You said, they weren't rewarded. They didn't get the job done. I don't care what the analytics tell me. You're right. They didn't get rewarded. I think one reason why they didn't get rewarded was the Lightning kind of kept a level head, leaned on Vasilevsky when they needed to, and they're like, all right, this is going to end at some point. They're going to run out of steam, and when they do, we need to find a way to push back, and they did that. So a five to six to seven minute surge didn't turn into like an 18 to 19 minute surge, which is what we were seeing in the Toronto series. They also blocked a ton of shots. Yeah. El- Elliot Friedman. That's what I had said. His, yeah, yeah, 24. And his, and his staff put together just kind of a montage of, I mean, Dave, you had at one point Stamkos, Hagel, Kulorn all stopping pucks in the third period. Stamkos, how many times did he go to the locker room? Yep. Hagel had to go to the locker room. Chernak did the same thing. Sergachev. Uh, I mean, Dave, that again, we talk about what are you doing within that moment to to quell the momentum? And maybe the Panthers had some good looks during those shots that were blocked. Maybe if those shots get through, mm-hmm. maybe one of them gets by Bassey. But when you see your captain sacrificing himself, 
the athletic staff, training staff, should have received a star last night. Yeah. They were phenomenal. Corey Perry, before the game even starts, has <laughs> yeah. to get stitch work. I mean, it was a total team effort. When they say, Dave, it was a team effort, that was a total team effort. And listen, Braden Point, if and when he does come back this series, he's obviously going to be in the lineup and be, be a big part of what they do. But let's make no mistake, there is something to this 11-7 and seven for the Lightning. I, we can go over the numbers and we can dissect how good they look 12 on 12 and six compared to 11 and seven. But the 11 and seven, I don't know if it's thrown off the Panthers a bit. I actually really like doing that on the road because it gets your guys maybe a certain line away from a complete matchup advantage for the other team. But you mentioned, you know, Maroon had a two-on-one and Cooch was on the ice for it and was able to get mm -hmm. that guy free. We've seen it earlier in the year at times when we've seen Corey Perry playing with Kucherov and how good that's looked. I just think it gives the other team a different look, but it also gives the Lightning Star players a chance to maybe break free from the other matchups they are put against for away games. And again, I think there is something to the 11-7. and seven. They're good at 12-6. and six. But I don't think you can dispute the numbers. These playoffs, when they do go 11-7, and seven, they're really good. Well, and it helped when both Sergachev and Chernak had to leave the game, too. Yeah. And Chernak had to leave game one and didn't come back. So right. you do have that extra defenseman to, to kind of fill out your roster in case you're down a defenseman. And I'm not it's saying interesting, go to it's that interesting that forward, they've dressed the seven defensemen and they really needed the extra defensemen in I both know. of the first two games. I know. It's it's just been incredible. It, it speaks, Dave, to the versatility. And again, I, I think we'll go to break and we'll get to some questions here. But I do think cliches sometimes in sports, I know a lot of people get annoyed with them. And I, I don't like to use them hosting shows because I think people want you to give an opinion they haven't heard or to be honest with them. And I think we do that. But when you say things like they're the, this is basically knowing how to win heart of a champion. There's truth to that. You're seeing the lightning Dave after just playing a ton of hockey over the last two years, going against a team that had the most points in the regular season, who by all accounts loaded up this year to try and win the Stanley cup. And a lot of people like the Florida Panthers coming into the playoffs, and they still do. But I think this is a classic case of a championship team knowing how to win in different ways. And I can't speak this speak to this enough. I mean, they're doing this without Braden Point. They are doing this without arguably their most important forward on the team. And they're limiting the Panthers. When it's all said and done, they've got two goals. Now, yep. do I think that's going to hold up for the rest of the series? I, I think logic would say no, that eventually they're going to break through. Dave, they have to. They're not going to win any games if they score one goal. And they need their power they play. They do. They need their power play to start producing. And so yeah. I would anticipate. I mean, even strength goals. Sorry, Greg, but even Go strength goals in the series are even. Yeah. Two to two. Yeah. The Lightning are outscoring the Panthers four nothing on the power play, though. Which makes it even more incredible when Brayden points out of the lineup. I mean, the Lightning, when they scored yeah. their power play goal yesterday, it was made by Nikita Kucherov. His ability to bring the puck in, throw it cross ice, 
to get it set up? Because, Dave, that's what we talk about with loss of point. How are they going to set up their power play? They're going to have to do some things a little differently. On that occasion, if you go back and watch it, it was Kucherov who brought the puck in, goes down the left boards, fires it across the right boards, and the Lightning were able to set it up. Stammer makes a great play. Perry, a, a tremendous redirect. But again, Kucherov makes the play. But I would anticipate the Panthers doing something to ignite their team lineup-wise or making a change. It could be to the power play. They've got to do something different because it's mm -hmm. not what it didn't well, work they in Washington did, and it didn't work in this series. They did make a change on their power play. If you remember, Greg, Aaron Eckblad was injured for the final 21 games of the regular season. So when the Lightning played the Panthers at the end of the regular season with Eckblad out of the lineup, the Panthers showed a top power play unit that had five forwards out on the ice, something that they had been using and had success with. I mean, they finished tied for fifth in power play percentage during the regular season. But in that 8-4 Lightning win near the end of the regular season, remember the Lightning did score a shorthanded goal with Nick Paul. And, you know, Barkov was basically an Ekblad spot. And Hagel outraced Barkov down the ice to set up Paul for the shorthanded goal. So, again, I'm not sure I know exactly how they ran their power play in the Washington series. It's possible Brunette made some changes during the series because they went 0 for 18 in the Washington series. But at the start of this series, with Ekblad back in the lineup, they had Ekblad as the one defenseman on the top unit with four forwards. What we saw after their first couple of power plays were unsuccessful last night, they went back to the five forward rotation. And, you know, their last two power plays were probably their two best with the five forwards out there. So they're trying to come up with a solution. To this point, they haven't found the solution. But they're getting shots. I mean, they had eight power play shots last night. And like I said, you know, Vasilevsky made some tough saves during those power plays to keep them off the board. But clearly it has become a bugaboo. And I do remember when we talked about their power play before the series began, saying, you know, maybe the fact that they did not score against Washington got them off kilter a little bit and the Lightning can keep them off kilter. And to this point through the first two games, they've done that. Hit us up on Twitter, all very valid points, at Bolts Radio. We've got a lot of our audience chiming in. We will discuss what they have to say when we return. Recapping Game 2, lightening up two games to none in this best-of-seven series with the Florida Panthers. Back after this on Lightning Power Play. Hey, it's Seth Kushner, host of The Block Party, and we had on an excellent guest this week. The Lightning are too busy for my nonsense right now, being focused on the playoffs, so I had on... One of their big fans, Rays pitcher Tyler Glass now. I talked to Tyler about the most autographs he signed at one time. I think it's 7,500. About Wander Franco's greatness, who his favorite player on the Lightning is, and give a prediction on the series from Tyler. That's the Block Party with Seth Kushner, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Glad you're with us. It is Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play. Greg Linnelli with you, along with the radio voice of the Lightning, Dave Michigan. Steve Ersnick is our producer. Hit us up on Twitter, at Bolt Radio, recapping 
what we saw last night. Where does this win rank in Lightning playoff history? And does Florida come back down 0-2? Let's get some reaction to those questions and just general hockey talk. Lucas says, as long as Paul Bissonnette doesn't do a 180 and jump on the Tampa wagon out of nowhere, Bolt should wrap up the Cats in five or six. Guy is a walking bad luck charm for the eight teams he roots for. (laughs) Florida team is just too talented to be swept and go gentle into that good night. (laughs) That's probably, you know what? We have mentioned Paul Bissonnette a couple of times on this show with some tweets, or at least I brought it up and Mm -hmm. they, they weren't, let's put it this way. They weren't pro Tampa Bay. And I think Lightning fans are taking note of some of that. Nick said, definitely going to be the one to remember. Why is it that the Panthers seem to be reluctant to change anything about their game? Also, no doubt that we want to see point on the ice, but with Cooch floating lines, it's created a major problem for Florida. I do think part of that has negated a little bit of the matchup advantage they would have in a typical home game. Because you're able to float out a guy like Kucherov or whomever whenever you want to. And John Cooper, that I think that is one of his strengths. He's got a very good pulse of his team, who's playing well, who's not. And he's not afraid to mix and match a little bit. And I think 11-7 and seven gives him some flexibility to put guys in certain spots, depending on you know where we are in the game. Well, that is true. But at least as it relates to game two, I didn't feel matchups really had an impact on how the game unfolded. And what I mean by that is when the Panthers had their strong pushes at the beginning of the first and then late second into the start of the third, it really didn't matter who they had on the ice, <laughs> whether it was Barkov's line or Bennett's line or Lewostarinen's line. Like, they pressed play, and they had a lot of zone time and applied a lot of pressure. But when the Lightning were kind of dictating play, it really didn't matter who they had out on the ice. Like, it was almost a team-wide thing. That's why we saw the swings within the game and why the Panthers were so very dangerous at the beginning of the first and then late second into the start of the third. By start of the third, I'm not saying, like, two shifts. I mean, I'm talking about, like, seven, eight minutes into the third period. So... You're not buying that. I don't know. You're not buying it. Well... And that's fine. If it were one of the situations where you would say, like in the Toronto series, for example, Matthews, Marner, and whoever the third guy was, whether it was Bunting or Kerfoot or whomever, the games in Amelie Arena, they pressed, but they were not able to generate as much against the point line as they were when they got other matchups. That was a very important distinction, and they gave the Lightning a lot of problems when they didn't see the point line, whether because they had the last change or it was like after an icing and Sheldon keeps threw them out there and it wasn't against the point line, the Lightning couldn't change players. I'm not sure that we've really seen that in this series. I do know that that Brunette has liked getting Barkov's line out against Stamkos' line. But maybe to your point, like Stamkos' line, what is it? You know, they've started with Stamkos... Kucherov and Sorelli, but they've jumbled the top well, six quite a bit. I think that's the point. Yeah, I think that's the point. We don't know what our, the lines are for the Lightning sometimes, and I think the Panthers are probably in that same boat. You know, they may have a matchup that they like, and all of a sudden Kucherov hops over the boards, and, and he's creating something with the fourth line. 
And I, I do think I, I do think it's interesting. It just gives it gives Florida a different look that maybe Dave they weren't anticipating coming into this series. Now it's time for them to adjust. We'll see if they want to or have to mm-hmm. or will. But I think so far the Lightning have done yeah. exactly what they wanted to do with Braden Point out of the lineup and going 11-7. and seven. Bob says, Pilat has been beaten up with his goal drought by people for a bit now. Last night, the Bolts don't win this game if Pilat doesn't make that play at the blue line to bank it off the boards and behind the net. It's not always about the picks in the net, or the pucks in the net. He misspelled picks, but... Uh, he also says would expect yeah. a big pushback in game but three. But he has scored in these playoffs. I, I, I honestly, I, I, I don't think too many people have gotten on plot about his lack of scoring recently because I think most right. people understand this is his style of play and that I think he's played very well. Bob also said would expect a big pushback in game three. Would think the Cats' power play would come to life sooner or later. Lots of talent on Florida, but can't see Vassy and the Lightning losing a two zero series lead the way they are playing. That's a fair point. That's a blunt point, but it's fair. Well, if their team defense dips, the Panthers will say thank you very much. Like, this is why I've been banging this point home (laughs) however many days, weeks, months, as it relates to the Lightning and the Panthers. The Lightning, a big key to their playoff success is how they defend. It was the big step they took prior to the 2019-2020 season, and not only how they defended, but their approach to defending, taking some of the risk out of their game. And when they have struggled defensively, they have looked very ordinary. And Vasilevsky can only do so much. For the Panthers, and again, we have talked about them a lot because they're cross-state rivals. They won the President's Trophy. And I think that this is a fair question to ask. They scored so much this year. And because they were able to score so much, they would get a lead and extend it. They would fall behind and rally. They just didn't have to play a lot of close, low-scoring games based on how the regular season unfolded. And the question, the hypothetical question that we were asking about the Panthers through the regular season and into the playoffs was... How would they handle a game or a series when the other team actually managed to D them up so that they couldn't count on scoring four to five goals a game? How would they fare in those sorts of games? They could have won last night's game. I didn't think that they played poorly. I didn't think that the moment was too big for them. I mean, they did have a really good push at the start of the third where they could have grabbed the lead. But if we're going to look for evidence of kind of what might be a problem they made an egregious mistake in the closing seconds defensively that cost them if not the game certainly cost them a chance to win it in overtime right so look all teams make mistakes Jan Ruda talked about Kucherov setting up McDonough at the end of game four of the Islander series last year that was the one where Ryan Pollock saved a goal, right? That was a shorthanded bid. The Lightning had pulled the goalie to get to right. five on five, essentially, but their net was empty. And the Islanders are one of the best defensive teams in the league. Even this year, they were really good. So they gave up a chance at the end of the game that could have, they were up at that point rather than the game being tied. So it can happen to any team. 
But I would say to this point in the series, the Panthers have not handled as well as they have needed to the situation that has come from a close, low-scoring game where they haven't been able to rely on scoring three to four. Because both game one and game two, they kind of felt different. But let's not forget, Greg, both game one and game two were 1-1 going into the third. And the Lightning have won the third period in both those games that were both low scoring. As close as that is, those scores, and you're right, they're miles apart with how they're handling how they're finishing games. And I do think that speaks to the Lightning being there. They've been there, done that. And the Panther, Panthers have not. They but the Lightning have, have to keep doing it. That's, oh, I, that's kind of what I'm Dave, saying. I like, agree with you. I, like, but, you're I like, how are the Panthers going to come back? Well, you know what? If the Lightning start getting loose defensively. Well, of course. The Panthers will say, finally. Of course. Time and space. Let's make plays. But I think you can say that. You can do a hypothetical for anything. I'm telling you, I've seen the Lightning do this the last two years. I haven't seen the Panthers do it. And something has changed with Tampa Bay over the last three games. Can even go maybe game six, but certainly game seven against the Leafs and these first two games. They have turned a switch on defensively. Mm -hmm. They have. And now it's time for the Panthers to counter this move. And maybe it's not even a move. Maybe it's just desperation, tenacity, anything you want to objectively say outside of just skill-related that the Panthers are going to have to now battle back and show a championship type of fortitude that the Lightning have done over the last three games. I think that's fair to point out. The Lightning have upped it big time. And maybe it's maybe Dave, it's because Braden Point is out and they know they just can't go out there and try and score yeah. four goals and and this interesting is how they're going to have to play. Way. Yeah, maybe that's, interesting to think of it that they've way. They've had a rally from that. Basil says, "Was it the game?" When I say the crowd was paralyzed by the Colton goal, it's not hyperbole. It happened so fast, Florida fans around me didn't realize the goal was scored and didn't understand why the Bolts were celebrating. Then, confusion, realization, and disbelief. Absolutely stunning. That's actually a really good analysis of what happened because a fan at the game, there were a lot of people, Dave, I think, just from the TV they were looking around. They didn't know what happened. Yeah. They didn't know what happened. They were shocked. When I tell you everybody left that arena shocked, I think that's fair to say. Well, when we talk about the clock, like how did the clock get from 3.8 seconds to 0.9 seconds? The puck did go in and out of the net so quickly. I think somebody had too much to drink. <laughs> Maybe that was it. <laughs> but I think if you watched Ross Colton, you knew the instant the puck went in that it went in. I mean, that was my guide. For sure. I saw the puck sitting in the crease. I didn't actually see it, like, go in and go out, but I saw Colton. Are you, I was going to say, like, are yeah, you able to in. see Colton, the celebration, too? Because to me, that'd be a dead giveaway. As soon as he shot it, it, it yeah, didn't take like long for him to celebrate. like he celebrated immediately. It, yeah, right, like, right, right. Stumbled, but, I mean, it was <laughs> yeah, clear right. that he was overcome with joy. Correct, correct. And, and the puck did go in. And then you look at the clock – and you see there's still time left. So you know that it it was going to count, right? But it was very quick. I mean, look, we've seen of a shot plays too, like that, like talking about Palat rimming it behind the net. Like, we see that all the time. What we don't see all the time is a guy pick it up off the boards on a one-time blind, no-look backhand, one-time pass right. to a guy wide open in front who snaps it in. And you know what else we don't see a lot? 
an experienced defenseman chasing the guy behind the net and leaving the front of the net open. That's just, I can't, listen, it was a hell of a pass. We're not talking about that pass if Uyghur's not disciplined in understanding the situation. That's just not a championship-type play. The Panthers did not show championship-level play late in the game, and you know what? The Lightning did, and it cost them. Mm-hmm. Basil says it's not impossible to say where this win ranks until the series is over. If Florida pulls it out, it won't rank nearly as high. Florida is fully capable of coming back from 0-2. If they win Sunday, it's 2-1, and the series could not be closer after three games. We still have to win two out of five. Basil, everything you said is correct, but the Panthers have to win four out of the next five. That is certainly a lot harder to do. But I I think we all agree. Florida, Dave, their best game should be Sunday afternoon of the season. Of the season. And we'll see if they're able to pull that one out. Bob wanted to ask one more question. Uh, oh, no, this came from Dan. He says, no way they come back. Extra day off gives chance for players and point to heal up. The Kitty Cats got to win four or five with Vasi giving up one goal a game in the last three. Forget about it. <laughs> and you spell forget about it the way it, it sounds. So that was mm-hmm. impressive. Um, Dave, that's I know brazen, you're li- That's brazen confidence. I appreciate his brazen confidence. You are a lot I don't more. Share, I don't yeah. share that certainty fortitude and, and certainty in my abilities to predict what is going to happen. You are a lot more uncomfortable about, I don't want to say predicting how this series is going to play out, but maybe so, uh, about how this is going to play out than I am for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, Phil Phil Barry, who always tweets funny stuff our way, he had a, uh, a pretty good tweet here I want to get to. Kyle says, I love Dave so much, but man, you can't help but love Phil's laugh when this team pulls through like that. <laughs> and that is that is very true. Um, I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit because I can't find the tweet. There are so many that are just clogging the timeline. But Phil basically gave me the stats um, of teams that go up 0-2 uh, or teams that are down 0-2. How many times do they win? Here it is. He goes, Greg, I know how much you love stats, LOL. After two wins, your chances of winning a best of seven series is at 81%. After three wins, your chances are at 94%. And that may be true. Florida could be the outlier. They may. Yeah. I actually think Bobrovsky's been pretty good this series. Huberto yep. has one point. Verhage and Barkov don't have any. That needs to change. I think we can all agree. Well, they've on only that. scored two goals. Well, that I mean, that's my yeah, point. Yeah, they've though. only scored two goals. Right. 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 But I mean, that's that's my point. Like, I, you know, A, you think their offense would be better and B, you would think it's it's Barkov and Verhage in addition to Huberto leading the way. That just hasn't happened. And uh, you would think the log- logic would tell you that those guys are going to figure it out. But they're going to have to do it knowing they're down 0-2. And I don't think many people anticipated that coming into uh, game three, but that's where they are. And they're going to have to fight their way through this. And the Lightning certainly now understand, too. I think something we're also forgetting, Dave, a little bit we're not talking about. I think the Lightning, look, they've been around this block enough. They can smell blood a little bit. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a really good performance from the Lightning on Sunday as well. Understanding Mm -hmm. they've got. Yeah, because they remember remember what happened last year, too. Correct. Like the Lightning in their first two series last year went 
up 2-0, winning games on the road, and then lost game three at home in overtime to both Florida and Carolina. Yep. I would agree. No doubt. Wholeheartedly, I would agree 100%. Well, look, this has been a fun week. It's always fun when the Lightning advance to the next round, and being up 2-0 is exciting for sure. I I don't care which team you're rooting for. This is this has been great to watch. Sunday it's a 1:30 game, which means we're going to have our coverage with the the pregame skate show with Eric Erlinson and Bobby the Chief Taylor. That'll be at 12:30. Network pregame will be at 1 and then you and Phil will be there at 1:30. So make sure you adjust that everybody on your calendars and then Monday of course they'll be right back at it at Amelie Arena for a night game. But um partner this was a fun week and I will see you Sunday and we're going to have a lot to recap. Uh, for sure, uh, on yes. Monday and then previewing game four. Yeah, Monday will be a recap out. and a preview show. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a lot of fun. So we appreciate everybody who listened, partner. Thank you. I'll catch you on Sunday. Thanks to Steve Versnick as well. Thanks to all our guests, and we hope you continue to listen to Lightning Power Play over the weekend and uh, into Mondays. We'll be there with you at noon to one. It's Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play.